Oh, hey, hey Nikki. Oh, hey, you. <laughs> My bad. Fancy meeting you this. here. This is me that starts this off. It's you. It's yeah. You. I'm sorry. Sorry. I was thinking about dinner and <laughs> oh. just to be honest. Um, and you I have s- big plans? No, not really, but we are getting wings and I just started thinking about them. Where are oh. you getting wings from? Jim and Nick's. Okay. I need to share with you. Uh, Your new wings place? Yes. So we went to that um, birthday party that was hosted by our neighbors mm-hmm. and uh, they had some wings there and they were Korean style barbecue chicken wings yes um and they were very they're very spicy Mm -hmm. you like spicy food right i'm a big spice food person it's near you so i'm gonna send you a link for it okay off topic sorry friends i think it's called ck chicken and it's in it's near swanee if anybody's in the area it's near hmart right yes Uh uh-huh okay they're very good okay yeah i wanted the flavor recommendations too oh mm -hmm, okay mm -hmm. They, whatever we ordered last time, very spicy. Have you had Jim and Nick's smoke? I have not, no, but they're probably pretty good. Mm -hmm. They also have a really good salad, which I know sounds like kind of ridiculous. Oh, cool. A house salad. Um, I like salads from barbecue places because they put the barbecue chicken or the barbecue pork on top. Well, you can get it that way. This is literally just like the salad, but they have like, I don't know, it's just like a really good um, cheese and they have like bacon in it and their dressings really, I don't know. It's like really fresh. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's standout, swear. I also really love a steakhouse side salad or house salad. So Kyle and I were having this conversation because we just went to, what did I tell you? Uh, Texas Roadhouse. Mm -hmm. Their house salad is so flipping good and there's nothing really to write home about. It's just Mm -hmm. really crisp lettuce, very thick shredded cheese, egg on top. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. And then for whatever reason, the ranch dressing at a steakhouse or a barbecue restaurant is usually really, really good. Okay, look, if you're going to say that, then I have to give Outback a plug. Because their salads, they, their croutons are really good at Outback, they're aren't they? Yeah, they're house really made. good. Yeah, um, all their salads are good. All their dressings are good. <laughs> their blue cheese chopped salad mm. is one of my favorites. Yeah. Any, anyways, like I used, uh, full disclosure, I used to work at Outback, so. <laughs> full disclosure. <laughs> well, what I'm trying to say is like, this is not like us trying to get like, sponsorships oh no right this is like also just really like food like it's really like food um and normally i just you know i have a lot of mixed feelings about outback because i used to work there but i my feelings are not mixed on their salads nor their french onion which is bar none like one of the top three french onion soups i have ever had Oh, it's my. really good. I mean, unless you don't like French onion soup. I love French onion soup, and I just had it recently, and now I can't remember where. Well, next time, get it from Outback. From Outback. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. So that's my little tipsy from me to you. I could pull out my Outback flair. T-I-P-S. I still have it. T-I-P is in Paul S. <laughs> so I got one more thing that I have to tell you before we jump into the episode. Okay. I didn't have enough time to tell you in the last extra sugar because... It was long. Just as a reminder, if you're hopping in on this episode and you missed our extra sugar, it was about prohibition. Go back if you'd like. Either way, I needed to tell you something really stupid that I did. Tell me. Tell me more. So it was funny because you asked me, like, where's my drink when we were doing uh the segment? Yeah. And you made a joke about bathtub gin. Oh, uh uh-huh. Okay. So here's the thing. I was going to make some moonshine. Oh, yeah, I was looking up recipes to make it. Um, and then I was going to piece together a video of it. I was going to serve you some moonshine. I was going to promote it as part of like our promotion for the episode. Uh-huh. I had all these big plans. Uh-huh. 
two things, okay? Why is my mouth so dry right now, Selena? Tell me. Well, I will tell you. First of all, it's really hard. <laughs> or the instructions that I found looked really hard. My choices were it either takes a really long time with less steps or it's faster and there's like 200 steps. And then I didn't, you know, I didn't think either one of those were ideal. But also, it really felt like if I messed up one of those steps, I might kill you. So I, it seemed true. dangerous. Like I, like So I was still going to make it, but I was like, I'm not going to serve this to her because I'm afraid like I'll hurt her. So I was like, okay, but I'll still make it. So I'm talking to Casey about it. And he's like, Selena, we don't have a still. And I was like, I'll just Amazon it. It's fine. Oh. <laughs> They're on there. <laughs> so that also wasn't the problem necessarily. Although like they're quite expensive for oh. Uh, a bit so I was just gonna try and figure out a way to do it myself to go up to ace and get all the parts they're like yeah a little DIY you know (laughs) a little DIY steel um but then you know like like so stubbornly as I'm looking at things and how to do it this is what actually stopped me it's illegal (laughs) I was wondering if you were gonna get to that part or if that was something you were trying not to say so here's where I got confused because to your point you said well I've had some of the ones that they sell in the store so I was like I mean they must have like made moonshine legal or something at some point I don't know I just got confused so I was actually gonna try and make like a delicious flavor like an apple pie or something I actually have some apple pie moonshine at home oh there you go I could have brought it I guess I try not to drink it because it's it's not it's legal but it still puts hair on your chest still pretty still pretty potent uh-huh. yeah so um the way i found out is when i was looking up one of the recipes it was like this is illegal <laughs> theoretically <laughs> this is how you would do it it's like what they used to do that's right <laughs> so i just wanted to let you know that out of ignorance i almost became a moonshiner and i was planning to document it and she on I'm social media. so glad you stumbled across the legality. As you were talking, I was like, well, did I miss something? Is it legal now? Because I was pretty sure it was illegal. Oh, but I did find a very beautiful copper still on. <laughs> did you buy it is the question. It's $379. So did you buy it? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And okay. it's right here. I thought it was your contribution to the podcast. God knows you don't do anything else. I have been dying to tell you about this. Oh for my like gosh, bless now. your heart. That is that is a real journey you went on. It's so stupid. But like also, like you should just look at a recipe because it looks hard as hell. I mean, I think that that speaks to the complication around uh, legality of alcohol. Can you even imagine what they were dealing with during prohibition? Because it's like, it's all illegal, except drinking it. That part's legal. Yeah, that's so that's part. I feel that like I just it's hard to know what's legal and what's not and why. And until you can understand why, how are you supposed to know? Right. So there you go. I'm sorry I didn't make you any moonshine, but I thanks for not getting us in jail. <laughs> Thank you for not killing me. Yeah. And not getting yourself put in jail. That's right. That would have been kind of bad. So. I mean, I would have had to do the run of shows by myself. <laughs> I can't figure out how to do that. It could have made an interesting um I probably couldn't do a lot of podcasts. I wonder, I was going to say, I wonder how long they'd put you in jail. I wonder if I can record, I've got some things to look up then. I wonder how, if I could have recorded like in jail phone calls with you. Yeah. 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 Cause sometimes you hear jailhouse footage. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We'd, we'd have like Selena behind bars, a new segment brought to you by Selena behind the bar. I'd have to get a hold of some Lucy's, you know, single cigarettes um, <laughs> to exchange out for my phone. And it wouldn't be a phone that could do any of this. You know, it would yeah. be like a 1990 phone. Yeah. You know, so, or 1999. T- it's tough. 
tough enough. <gasps> tough enough. Tough enough. Is that our transition? It is Did today. you just do that so seamlessly? Accidentally, yes. Oh my gosh. Season four, episode 21, as Selena just said, tough enough. The ladies vie for a bowling alley contract in order to undercut a group of obnoxious male designers who try to act macho in order to dispel the stereotypes of male designers. Air date, March 12th, 1990. We're calling this one No Squealing, Giggling, or Giving Birth. It's written by Pam Norris and directed by David Trainer. Great name. Good job. Pulled it from script, but thank you. Well, you got to have an eye, you know? You got to have an eye. So general reaction, stray observations. So I, I think the thing that was reverberating in my brain as I watched this one, the whole battle of the sexes plot was very of this era. You know, gender politics, I just think they're a little bit more nuanced now, so I don't think we get an episode like this today. Go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you, did the guys from the design firm work for you? Like, how? what was your reaction to the different parts with them? Oh, huh. Um, like you loved them? You wanted to take them to your Christmas party this year? I thought we'd be best friends. Uh-huh. I, they were just so over the top, but I expected it. Like, uh, I really enjoyed the European guy. The Lovely. <laughs> I can't remember. Was he Italian? Did they say? Or is he just was, like generic European? I They did say he went to a Barcelona Institute. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I really thought he was very funny. I really liked him. I, they were just so over the top. It, that was my reaction to them was, yeah. oh, they're supposed to be over the top. Well, that's literally my note, but I, how over the top they are. And I definitely understand why they did that to like make the whatever point they're aiming to make in the episode. But it was so much and so ridiculous that it almost took me out of the episode. So I have a lot of thoughts. I'm going to start with that one specifically, which okay. is there was one episode um, where you said, uh, this is almost like this, like what you imagine someone imagines someone in that group talks like. Does that sound familiar to you? I could not put my brain Sounds on it. Like so me. <laughs> I left it out of my notes. But this, the reason I'm bringing it up is because as I was watching this episode, I was thinking, this sounds like what Pam Norris thinks men are like yeah. when women aren't around. Yeah. That they're very like macho and whatever. And I just could not figure out what we were supposed to do with this episode. Um, so there's a comment from Julia to Suzanne when they get to the bowling alley that she says, we are attempting, in fact, to dispel the idea that women are necessarily frivolous, silly, incompetence. So the way that's worded first, it assumes ladylike things are frivolous and silly. Right. I, which that, sort of I plays into the that. mindset of yeah. macho men. Yeah. Um, it also implies that frivolous and silly are synonymous with incompetent, which plays into the patriarchy's perception. So what does that mean? And then later, Mary Jo says, we thought we had to prove we could be like men to get the job. So I think that's what they wanted us to take away from the episode. But Julia's not saying that. And I know they had to write something, but Julia's not saying we have to be like men. She's saying we have to be not frivolous or silly, which is essentially saying we have to be not women. I don't, they just, the two pieces don't fit together for me. And I wonder, like, if it's... Um, hmm. Her lens of what she thinks like a male bowling alley owner wants or what he would see as frivolous. 
you know, mm-hmm. and so maybe she doesn't eat nest. Although it gets it gets messy, right? Because I do think that she thinks her sister is silly and frivolous. So it's is that more about Suzanne than women in general? I don't know, and I can't well, tell if I mean. Yes, we're taking it too far. We are looking into it with too much of an in-depth lens. But also, I think there's value in thinking critically about it. Because something about the episode, just spoiler alert, the whole episode didn't resonate for me. There's something about it that I just did not enjoy. It felt so over the top and not in a useful way that moves the conversation forward. Um, It was such an extra approach that like I didn't necessarily take away from it that and that the bowling alley guy never once made me feel when he was talking to the women like they had to be like those men for him to consider them for the job no he's actually my likes he felt like he had just checked a box he felt like no I already got someone lined up I just don't need anybody else right they were here first they seemed to have a good proposal I'm happy with it like he never once made the women feel like they had to be like the men to get the job that was totally self-imposed, and I just it bothered me so much. I don't even know that the, you know. I think people are writing twenty-two episodes, right? Or in yeah. this case, three hundred or whatever right. the season is. And so I don't. <laughs> sometimes seven hundred and fifty-two. Oh I just sometimes I look at the number on this season, and I'm like, why are going? <laughs> why are there so many episodes? Why this was it such a long season? I don't know, and I'm not trying to like hate on it. I'm just saying, like in a world where we're only exposed to ten episodes now, it just feels extra long. But I, you know, you could argue while we're just doing this like in depth analysis, needed or not, is like the whole concept and all of this whether it's sexual harassment in the workplace or whether it's like this idea of patriarchy or whatever it is it's complicated and so maybe it never is in a straight line and maybe that story never makes complete sense but if you're writing a show you kind of need it to make complete sense for 22 minutes and I agree with you I think I think the message is a little lost I, I don't I mean, the only thing you really walk away with is like, this guy just needed somebody who was going to be serious about the work and not act out, which they all were doing in his business, you know? And sometimes they really take these twists. We've talked about this before. They take a twist at the end of the show where you're like, oh, holy crap, I didn't see that coming. So like in a way, the fact that he didn't need men to, or yeah, that he didn't need men to do the job, that could have been a twist in and of itself at the end. So they could have played him up in a way earlier in the episode where that twist felt like a little bit more of a payoff or something. Um, But I, I feel like this show takes very nuanced issues like how women are treated in business and can do it such justice in such a nice way where you're laughing the whole way but you leave the episode and you go dang women really do have a rough time in the business place this episode didn't feel like that to me so I want to share something that is uh down in my likes but it feels really relevant to what we're talking about right now which is something where I do think maybe they were capturing some nuance here. And before I say that, I want to say one more other thing. Like, this show was super progressive, but as I mentioned in my very first general reaction, like this idea that, like, we don't see this episode made today. Mm-hmm. I think things have gotten more nuanced where we look at this, and now, even though maybe it was progressive then, it just feels like it's coming up a little short mm-hmm. in 2023. So I think that's there, too. The other thing, though, and this is something I liked, Anthony called the women out at the end because 
<clears throat> always making them do things that are of their world because they make this comment like women would never put men in the position that, you know, that um, like to be macho and do these manly things. Like we wouldn't do that and make men do girly things or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a really gendered comment. But what I really like from that is because he's like, y'all make me do your stuff all the time. And it kind of calls out that idea that whoever has the power, they may not be thoughtful to the feeling feelings of those around them who do not period okay because i put that that uh argument in Uh, my dislikes because i don't understand it at all yeah he's not like required to show up to suzanne's fashion show as part of his job he's not like required to be in a hotel room helping her do her makeup um that maybe he feels like he is and so i that's you saying that helps me maybe understand a different side of that because it just felt like they were trying to position it as a one-to-one. So women are required to be like men to get business. Mm -hmm. Anthony is required to be like women to have his job. And those are not one-to-one arguments in this case, but I hear what you're saying. Maybe the women feel like they're required to be like men, even though this episode shows they're not. And Anthony may feel like he's required to be like women. That's right. Even though he's not. And like, that I makes think a lot more sense. Friendship has deepened there. Yeah. But this guy's just trying to keep a job in the beginning. Right. So if you're going to do extra things to keep this job and he has like a, um, like a record, so it's hard for him to get jobs. So he just places, sort of has to say yes to things. Absolutely. I and I that. think an easier way to understand it is like the power dynamics that we talk about between, um, uh, you know, maybe a boss who, you don't have to be male, but I think we tend to look at it through that lens. Who's, you know, he might date someone who's underneath him in the hierarchy of the roles of the job. Mm-hmm. He's not requiring her to, but right. she feels She feels compelled to. to do it. Yeah, that's right. I get so that. It's complicated. It's complicated. It's complicated. So maybe this episode did more than I thought it did. Well, we're, I mean, we are having a really intricate conversation right now. Um, I actually wanted to tack on one other things in my, in my general reactions, like, because in addition to thinking these guys were over the top and I didn't enjoy that part, I actually enjoyed them when they were alone because I think they're, they, um, had a little less of a macho conversation. Oh, uh you know what I'm saying? Like, Billing Vol wanted to call his wife. He wanted to check on his baby. Um, the European guy, they were definitely playing up European stereotypes there. But, you know, he was like, we do it for the beauty of the world, you know, and these (laughs) kinds of things. And it's really the one guy, Boyd, which I do think is true to life. Usually when there is a group of a-holes, there's one person riling up everyone else. And so that actually did resonate for me more than anything else. It's almost like women are from Venus and men are from Mars and we don't understand each other and we keep projecting our stuff on them and then making them act a certain way. My last general reaction was Mary Jo's back on the sauce, which, you know, coming right off a prohibition segment. I love talking about Mary Jo drinking. Perfect because this leads into my stray observations, which is that is one return that we get or a rerun, if you will. The other one we get is Suzanne still on the rice cakes. Man, that poor woman. She cannot stop them. It's funny because like, because the footage is so old, like sometimes it's hard to see like really specific things, like what's on her plate. So I think she's got carrots around 
the rice cakes. But today when I was looking, I was like, is she eating French fries around the cake? Because that's not helpful. That's not the yeah. way this works. I mean, like, I would rather have the French fries. Yeah. Um, and, like, you eat that. But, like, it doesn't really make sense for the plot of the show. But I think there were carrots. Um, another potential callback of sorts is Mary Jo's the one that turns to the um, server and says, nice headlights. She's the one that is always obsessed with breasts. Yeah. Like, Always. Always. And so that was another sort of tie into her character, which was really nice. That's my, in my likes. <laughs> Just because I thought it was so funny. It's like. And I can almost predict that that would have made you laugh. I'm also obsessed with breasts. I don't have any. Um, what other strays did you have? So we have two guest stars I wanted to talk about this week. Okay. One of whom is Bill Ingvall, who played Bill. The buddy at the bowling alley who wanted to call his wife. You right. just mentioned that. We're going to talk way more about him in this week's Extra Sugar. Okay. But we can't gloss over that. We also have Craig Schneider, who played Boyd. He would make later appearances in the Jeff Foxworthy show and Blue Collar TV, which oh. we're also going to talk about in this week's Extra Sugar. Okay. Uh, but he also appeared on Roseanne once. He didn't have an extensive filmography, but he was also on Roseanne. And I love Roseanne. And while we were just talking about like this show being able to take complex social issues and make them funny, Roseanne does that really nicely. Mm-hmm. I've been watching it this last week. I just turned it on one night because I couldn't watch another episode of King of Queens. It just felt too predictable at this point. So I turned on Roseanne because that's my other comfort show. And it just makes me laugh out loud. And it like I feel like the way they approach storylines still feels relevant and current a lot of times, even though. I can see that. There's not a lot of things in that show to age. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is so like family oriented even though you don't think of it as being like that but it is yeah um it's a it's a great show Such a good also show. john goodman come on national he's, treasure he's so good yeah. uh, i also had a cut line uh so at the beginning when julia says boyd and his guys are afraid basically everyone's gonna think they're gay because they work in mm-hmm. design uh this was also said i mean all this jockeying around going on and on about hookers and football and transmissions we're talking major testosterone poisoning here well they sure do make a lot of money of course they do they get every sports club every man's club every sports bar every bachelor pad everywhere there's a man's job to be had they just stomp right in and grab it well you don't have to say another word because i know the type how do you deal with him this is anthony i think talking Mm -hmm. i don't have to when that kind of guy finds out i've been to prison they have enormous respect for me that's how dumb they are I feel like that was just kind of a crappy cut line because I think it was an important setup. Context. It's important I context. Yeah. Um, there was also a cut when the women were trying to get the job. Um, we hear you're putting in a new restaurant. We have a lot of experience with restaurants. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we're getting ready to redo another one. Really? Which one? It's the Ruffles and Bo's Tea Room. Mm-hmm. So that's when we get the first reference to the Ruffles and Bo's Tea Room, uh, which was also, I think, helpful context when talking with that bowling alley guy. Okay. Yeah, I definitely noticed the first. I didn't, I don't think I caught the second one, but I noticed the first cut line and thought that was not a great cut. Mm-mm. Um. Okay. So I have some strays about Boyd specifically. I was. It. I think. Needle nose Ned. Ned the head. Mm-hmm. So or Stephen Topolowski. <laughs> Ned Ryerson. Remember he was in season one, right? And it's the one where Suzanne burns down the design house. And he's like in there, he's like, the finest oh. eight breasts of Atlanta. His name is Boyd in that episode. Oh. I went back and checked it. There's also something else that makes me think this is maybe the same character, but they just had to switch out actors. Um, 
I think there's a line in both where they're like, they just come around or he just comes around and borrows stuff and never returns it. And they're similar, whatever. So I think it's Boyd. That is such a good catch because I was feeling like this is not the first, something did not feel brand new about this. That's such a good catch. I didn't put that together. (sighs) Ned Ryerson. I also think that (laughs) his character is a little like interesting. Like, I don't understand why he's like, he's like, a bada bing, bada boom. He's just like an Andrew Dice Clay ripoff. And oh. that's all I could think the whole time. And a lot of times oh. he didn't even sound Southern to me. Oh, and I no. think it is because of that bada bing, bada boom kind oh. of stuff. And mm-hmm. not that you have to be Southern. Clearly, there are people mm-hmm. in the South who are not Southern, but I'm almost surprised they didn't have someone with a little bit more of a Southern accent there. And that just, that kept uh, occurring to me as we went through. Huh. I have two more strays. Okay. Okay. So the first one is that Boyd's design firm was set to make $150,000. You know, I got to tell you, today that would have been $346,407. Whew, that's tough. And then Julia wears a size six. I am so glad she brought that up. I was in Mary Jo's like a seven. And I was like, Mary Jo of all people. like like a four. But when she said six, I was like, do they even make shoes that size for adults? Because I'm a nine and a half. I I think six is the bare minimum. So like. Holy crap. Yeah. Like back before my feet got so wide because I'm so hot. Um, I I wore a size six and a half. But I'm I'm five, two. How tall is she? She's not that tall, though. I think she's usually in heels is the problem. Now, do you mean her character? (laughs) Well, maybe she's not that much taller than uh, Annie Potts is. Five, five. I still put you in a seven and a half. Yeah. Come on. Why are you talking like that? Like, it's such a big shoe. I'm not. I wear an eight. I wear a nine and a half. Didn't we talk about this with Still Magnolias? Oh, I wear a six. It feels so good. I wear a seven. Blah, 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 blah. I'm in a nine. Uh, <laughs> just wear any shoe. Are you kidding me? Before long, I'm just going to be in like a shoe box. <laughs> That's the life I'm living, okay? Um, so trust me. <laughs> no shade to That's anyone. six. And I was like, holy crap. Really small. So what did you like about this episode? Is there anything? Yeah, 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 yeah. I lost you in that size six. Huh? Julia, I'm like, it's just tiny. Julia's competitive side is not surprising to me. Her saying, pound him into the ground, was a little bit surprising to me. And I loved that. So what do we do about that? We pound him into the ground. <laughs> uh, the whole bit about Suzanne arriving to the alley and getting the shoes was really funny. When she says that whole thing about putting that lady's mind to rest. Do you really think I'm going to give up my brand new mod frieze on so I can walk out of here? That whole thing made me laugh. That's I just thought funny. it was really beautifully written and like perfectly tailored to that character. Mm-hmm. I also really laughed when the, um, I'm calling him Italian guy, when he said, the male form can be very beautiful. No, when the ladies are like staring at him. That made me laugh out loud. Uh, and then the idea of Consuela hitting Anthony on the head with a pan. It's just really cartoonish. And I yeah. like that. Those were the things I liked. Okay. Uh, I had another one. So when they're all there and Boyd's giving them a pep talk and he's like, no one's calling the wife or riling them up rather. Uh, no intellectual comments and no being European. And then that guy buttons up his shirt. <laughs> I laughed so hard. God, I laughed so much. Anyways. All right. Suzanne getting a strike in her heels. 
Why do they, what's the big deal? Why I got to wear those ugly shoes? I can do that in my heels or whatever she says. That was pretty fantastic. Also, do you remember in the early 2000s when those like bowling shoes had a moment? Oh, like people wearing them yeah. outside of the bowling alley? Well, I mean, they weren't actually bowling shoes, but they looked, they looked just like, like them. them. Mm-hmm. That sounds vaguely familiar. I also remember when bowling bag purses were kind of mm-hmm. a thing. Mm-hmm. That was also in the early aughts. Was it? I think. Sounds mm-hmm. right. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. That's better than the shoes. Also, bowling shirts were kind of a thing for a guy. Oh, uh, yeah. For guys for a while, mm-hmm. like the late 90s, mid 90s, late 90s. Yeah. Keep that. There it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I d- and I mentioned this already, but I just really like the manager. In addition to the fact, he did say like one thing that was weird at, to the women. He said, well, look, I don't have anything against women. I really don't. Like the way he had to like. <laughs> Double down like, on it. Oh. I'm not racist, I swear. <laughs> yeah, right. But. Right. Um, that part was kind of weird, but the rest of it, I agree. Like he was really nice. I thought he was willing to give them a chance. Like he didn't care. He just wanted somebody to do the job. And then I, I do like that. You know, Boyd makes like a homophobic comment mm, about the shuts it other. Down. Yeah. And I thought that was. Um, They've chosen an alternative good. lifestyle. It was a very 1990 <laughs> argument for that. Um, but like, I thought that was um, playing against the type of who they were portraying, I think, with who the actor and what he looked like and everything for mm, playing that mm-hmm. role. So I really like that. And then um, that's all of them. We caught them all in other places. The headlight, headlights comment I thought was really funny. And um, I mentioned earlier Anthony calling out the women and making sure they understood maybe they had their own issues to deal with. So uh, what did you uh, not like about <laughs> this episode, Nikki? I think I've already touched on everything. Okay. Um so I just didn't really understand what we were doing. Were, were we trying to make the women act like men in order to get the bowling alley guy to hire them? Were the women casting off womanly things just to prove they're not incompetent? Those feel like different things to me, like subtly different, but different and an important different. I didn't really understand Anthony's argument, although you brought me around on that one. And then this is something I said earlier. I'm not really crazy about script writing as if it's coming from one group of people, but it's written by another. Yeah. So that is like some of the things she was saying about men jockeying around just felt like Pam Norris, right. her perception of men. Right. And they're just always talking about prostitution. Or what hookers? That's what right, and and I think it's hard for me to use that as a criticism because I think that I don't want to discount her her reception of these things. So like maybe she's heard these things. I'm glad you said that because the other thing that I I was thinking about along this journey um, was that even though I'm saying everything fell over the top, I don't want to downplay or like shoot over the fact that the workplace can still be and was a very hard place. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sexual harassment and fighting all of that and fighting against that was a really hard one fought. And it's still s- stuff that circulates and comes mm-hmm. up today. I'm in the serving industry, okay? They invented sexual harassment in the workplace in restaurants. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, um, that's a really bad place for it. So I don't want to gloss over that. Like, it's not important it's just like we are also watching through that 2023 lens and it's, it's too hard. hard. It's too yeah. hard to tease those two things out. And that's like, I don't want to be unfair to this episode because it might have felt more relevant back then. It's just really hard for me to watch this now because I'm like, oh my God. Mm. 
I have a stray. So when I Tell was me. when I was watching it today, at the very end, like Julia, like she's basically mm. going to play him in pool. Did it look like they were going to get it on yes. that night? Okay, a thousand percent. Right. Okay. Yeah. I was like, are they about to hook up? Is that what we're supposed to walk away with? A thousand percent. It was very sensual. That's definitely not what they were meaning to do. Like, no. Right. She, she was going in there to fight. She the was fight. trying to show that she was. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like, they're going in there to get it on, right? Yeah. They all but played. Let's get it on in the background when that was happening. <laughs> okay. Good. For it sure. That was me. that was very. Okay, we're not Laden having another sexuality. Weezer situation with Tom Skerritt. <laughs> no, okay. not you and me. Um, we're on the same page about that one. Okay, so I had one other thing besides the thing we've already talked about that we haven't touched on that I didn't really like. It just, it didn't completely work for me. And that was actually Mary Jo this time. Mm. I usually love it when she gets a little soft and saucy, mm-hmm. but like it would, it was like too much. Oh, like I loved was, it so much. Really? Yes. I just, I felt like, I don't know if I was feeling like that empathetic, like, I'm embarrassed for you the, right now or no. what it was. Or maybe it was like the women were pushing back on it more than other, ever. Mm. Like, hey, can you just calm down? She was definitely annoying. Yeah. She's definitely that friend. You're like, shut up. Except for the nice headlights line. <laughs> you liked that one. That was hilarious. I uh, liked at the end when, she, like, it was almost the very last line she had. And she's like, well, hail, I'm going to do something, something. And it just was such a Southern woman, like, angry and, anno- yeah, like, yeah. annoyed, had a couple drinks and just, I'm going to do what I want. I just thought that was really funny. I think maybe it's also because they squeezed a lot of her lines into one little, like, quick stint. And you almost need to give that some space to breathe. Yeah, probably. Um, because, as you know... I love me some Annie Potts and some Mary Jo. I know. All right. Must be tough for you. It's so challenging. Are you ready to rate this sucker? I'm ready. My rating scale is bowling pin shrapnel. That's a good one. I'm giving it three out of five. Okay. So I thought it was a cool. hmm. Nikki today does not agree with this. I don't know that it was a clever enough storyline. I do think at times it was an entertaining episode. Like, I thought Mary Jo was really funny. Um, I thought the um, that Italian man was really funny to me. Uh, I thought all of Suzanne's lines were fantastic. So yeah. I laughed a lot, but it felt, um, like we talked about, a little bit tired as a storyline. And I think the twist of them at the end realizing they do, quote, the same thing to Anthony wasn't enough of a payoff to me to, like, really feel like anybody really learned anything. Right. And it definitely didn't turn it into any sort of, like, superior episode. So three out of five, it's, like, right there in the middle. I, I could probably watch it again if I had to. It wouldn't be my first choice, though. Yeah. What about I, you? I think that's it. Like, it's not a rewatchable for me. Yeah. I mean, even when I was having to try again this morning, I try. try. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, and it's, it's similar to you. Like, I like the little pieces, but when I step back and look at as a whole and compared again to the highs of the season, eh, uh, I gave it a 3.4 out of 5. Really nice headlights <laughs> on your car. <laughs> sure. 90s things. The old school Doritos bag that Charlene was pulling chips out of at the beginning, mm. that was totally a Doritos bag, and it was totally the old branding. Mm, Doritos. I like it when they do the throwback bags. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the purple culottes that Suzanne wanted Anthony to bring her. Is that 90s? I didn't know what that was. Oh. Um, or like saying culottes. Uh, it makes me think of like 
it's basically next to clam diggers. So I'm thinking like 50s. I, you know, it's funny you say that. I'd probably like it's that thing of maybe not 90s, but definitely dated. dated. Yeah. Um, I've only ever heard my mom and my grandmother use the word culottes. So that's a pretty wide generation gap. But yeah. at some point, not today. For sure. For sure. I was like, that's what you want, huh? The purple, purple culottes. culottes. That'll, that'll be great. Um, I had car phone. Mm-hmm. Coming over to pick up physical decorating catalogs. Trans Am with flames on the hood. You could put that in other time periods as well. Um, it looked like, I don't know, they did say there was the automatic score for the bowling alley, but they were like there with like the pencil and everything. Wait, he said, I'm glad you said that. He goes, um, no, it's a, the automatic scoreboard says as if like that's like today, if you go bowling, that is the scoreboard. Right. Yeah, that was really funny. Right. I'm like, why are you also like cutting edge technology? Right. Um, they had to check the machines. They didn't believe them back then. <laughs> well, I know. Eh. <laughs> so there's just like a lot of sexist and homophobic language that like, even if you were trying to make a play on it, I don't know, it makes it into like an actual episode anymore. But like um, calling people pansies or um, lighten their bowling shoes. I'm like, I'm like, you wouldn't say this anymore. So let me go ahead and say <laughs> it. I'm like, sorry. Um, but like there are comments about another design firm and painting everything paisley, if you know what I mean, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like all that kind of stuff. And then calling, you know, I'm always going to call this one out, calling your server a waitress or a service girl. Mm. Get over here, service girl. Okay. Why is waitress so hard for me to let go of? It is really hard for me to let go of. I try so hard to say server, but every now and then out of nowhere, I'm just like, waitress. Since we're like people first now, is it all also like people who serve? Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. I will say that like when I was in New Orleans, I, the guy did, I can't remember what he did, but I was like, you are my favorite server. And when it came out of my mouth, it felt weird. I was like, that felt like demeaning somehow. And I didn't mean for it to. Aww. So I just feel like maybe I'm getting like, you're my favorite wait staff. Right. You're, Thank you so much. Yes. If you could just like, wave a feather over me and cool me off that would be super helpful like that's how it felt and I was like what's wrong with me and then you sat in it for a minute you were like I like being rich I mean I would like to be rich um southern things uh just the name of the bowling alley the Cherokee Lanes we do have a Cherokee County north of Atlanta yeah that would be a long way away it would be References that we need to talk about? The only one I caught was Maude Frison, which was those shoes. Yeah. Um, Wikipedia says Frison's work foreshadowed Manolo Blahniks. Uh, oh, okay. And at the height of their popularity in the 80s, they were the Blahniks of the time. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Um, okay. So I also had, that was my only reference. And I would just say that it is kind of interesting that it was a model who started that shoe company as well. That's a good way to make a little extra cash after your modeling ends. I didn't spend much time looking into it, but it was just weird that they just sort of felt like I've never heard of this. No, I've no, I never, never heard of this. Mm-hmm. The um, I'm gonna I'm trying to Agner purses. Do you know what an Agner purse is? I do. So my mom talks about them as if they were like like a, a were. big deal designer label. My mom talks about yeah. It's just interesting to me how some of these like big deal designer labels from like the 70s and 80s just like completely fell off. 
But like we still talk about things like um, Louis Vuitton. You know, we talk about that all the time. That's been around forever. Yeah. So what is it that makes some brands enduring, which is not what we're here to talk about? I guess but it's I find just it fascinating. Like, right. It must be like missteps or something. Well, it's like, uh, was it Halston? And then like we had a whole series that came out with um, Ewan McGregor last year and he plays him and mm. it was just a huge deal. And, this, mm. and I was like, I kind of have heard of him before but not really so it's just it's, weird yeah it is really it really is interesting in her case though she sells the brand in 99 and okay i, I wonder if like it, it does say like they reach their peak popularity in the 80s so i think just i mean um maybe we don't pay as much attention to like high fashion as we do to like tv shows or music but you think about it like well, why is Elton John still like people will still pay a million dollars for his concert tickets, mm-hmm. but then you have somebody else they have one hit and they're gone, you mm-hmm. know? So it's kind of like that. Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to use Madonna as an example of someone who like hasn't had a hit in a really long mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. but p- so many people would still fall over themselves to go see her perform Absolutely. and they still think of her as like a legend. And I yeah. just, it's so hard to disentangle that star power. And what about Maude? And what about Maude? <laughs> what about Maude? Can that be the name of our next podcast? <laughs> yes. But I think we have to talk about the Maude TV show if we call it that. Oh yeah, maybe. Just And there's Maude. <laughs> That's like a family guy reference. They keep singing and then there's Maude. Oh really? Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay. I'll, I'll take your word for it. That was the end of my references or Perfect. ours or yours. I don't know. Perfect. Where well, are we? We are at the end of season four, episode 21, moving on to uh, season four, episode 22. It's a wonderful life. We'd love everyone to follow along with us and engage Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Tea and TV, TikTok at Sweet Tea TV Pod, YouTube, Sweet Tea TV. Our email address is sweetttvpod at gmail.com. And our website is www.sweetttv.com. And on the website, you can find our show notes, which includes all of our references. And you can find additional ways to support the show. And come back Thursday for Extra Sugar, where we're going to talk about the Bill Ingvall reference. Uh, and more, more importantly, more bigly, more... I like bigly. <laughs> From a bigger perspective, mm -hmm. his role in the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. I'm very excited to hear about this. Well, temper expectations. That's what I always say. (laughs) Okie Done. All right. Well, you know what that means, Nikki. What does it mean, Selena? It means we'll see you around the bend. Bye.